Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Go get it. Go Lost get it. Lost Hope Radio. Here we go. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The yep. Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet the pros, hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. The Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, here's your host, koi pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon. All right, all right. Hey, everybody. How's your pond doing? Little cold, little ice. Don't worry, you are not alone. Many pond keepers have to deal with their ponds freezing over during winter months. In this episode 44 of the Pond Hunter Radio broadcast, we're going to cover some easy and efficient ways to keep your pond de iced. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. Very happy to be here with all of you. And I hope you're all doing great. I hope you're not as icy as I'm guessing your pond is if you're listening to this podcast. When it comes to de-icing your pond, there are some things you can do to prepare for the frost. And there are some things you can do after the frost in case you find your pond out in the cold. Don't worry. I have some solutions for you. First of all, why the heck do we even need to de-ice our ponds? Why are we doing this? If you're a pond keeper, your main motivation in de-icing will be geared towards proper fish keeping. If you don't have livestock in your pond, you don't necessarily need to de-ice it. De-icing is really for our fish and other livestock or critters that we have in our ponds. And the term de-icing is not meant to give the impression that a pond will be fully liquid all winter. If you want to keep your pond fully liquid, the conversation has to be more about heating your pond. Heating and de-icing are different. Just like pond heaters and pond de-icers are very different pieces of equipment. So don't get the confused. I see pond owners who get a de-icer for their pond but are under the impression that it's a heater. A de-icer is a piece of equipment that is designed to allow for the pond to freeze over except in the direct area of the de-icer. There are some very strong de-icers that can create a pretty large open area. And some that will only keep an area of open water within a couple few inches of the de-icer itself. We'll touch on heating ponds, but we'll mainly focus this episode on de-icing since the majority of pond owners de-ice and don't heat their ponds. So the goal of de-icing a pond or why, why do we need to de-ice a pond is primarily to allow for gaseous exchange. We want to keep a portion of our ponds icy covering open and liquid 
to allow for oxygen to get in and for ammonia to be released as a gas. If a pond is allowed to fully ice over, then that exchange becomes impeded. This could create lower water quality and stress out or potentially even kill our fish. So in livestock ponds, de-icing is good practice. You don't want those winter kills. If you're researching how to de-ice your pond, you will find lots of information. Hopefully this broadcast is only part of your information collecting on the topic. There is a lot of good info out there, and we'll be pretty thorough covering de-icing here and now, though. There are a few I would call home remedies out there. We'll cover those real quick because I don't really recommend them, but still think that they're worth mentioning if we are doing an overview on de-icing ponds. So home remedy number one, move to Florida, man. Whoop. Head south. It's an expensive method, but it really does work. So home remedy number one, move south, y'all. But some other more realistic home remedies I've seen or at least heard of is to use. And this is, listen, hey, trying to save you guys some money. Home remedies is the cheap stuff, right? So anyway, some of them I've seen, I don't use this, but I've seen it, is to use empty two-liter soda bottles floated in your pond. It's a bit of a trick installing them in the sense because you have to have a little bit of weight in them for the bottle to be partially submerged in the water. You don't want it to actually just float on the surface. You want it to be partially submerged. And the idea being that as ice closes in around the bottle, it will still have the flexibility to allow gaseous exchange. I see people use this method in skimmers as well. Now listen, if you're going to use it, hey, go ahead and use it. Um, But it's not what anybody's going to pay me to do. Um, Another one is use a bundle of straw that's bound together very tightly. Barley straw, preferably. This is some old school methodology. Really old. I think the idea with this is that the straw is very porous and cannot freeze solid and will still allow for the exchange of gases to occur. Ammonia can still escape. Oxygen oxygen can still get in. I can't think it's very efficient, but it's probably better than nothing, right? That's an age-old thing. That was, that's been used since, like, Victorian times, that method. I've seen others attempt various floating objects in their ponds, like swimming noodles, beach balls, and the such being used. But again, my thoughts are that this is not very efficient and will probably make your pond look like the victim of a messy windstorm for the winter months. I don't think de-icing your pond needs to be ugly or trashy looking. De-icing can even look cool. No pun. But it can look cool when done right. So given that, let's talk about what most pond professionals are going to do. We got our home remedies down. The pros need to know the right equipment to use and how to use it to operate most effectively and look acceptable. Seriously, if you hired me 
or another pond professional to set up de-icing for your pond, and you come home to a few beach balls, a couple swimming noodles, and some empty two-liter bottles tossed in your pond for de-icing purposes, would you ever trust me again? I don't think I'd be too thrilled with that type of professional service. So I want to share with you how the pros do it. No more home remedies. We're done. Okay, great. But let's actually talk about ice just a bit. I want you all to know what you're dealing with. What do you really know about ice? Seriously. For the typical listener of this show, our experiences with ice are pretty limited. Our knowledge of ice is extremely limited. So think now. What do you really know about ice? 10% of the earth is covered in ice, and yet most of us know next to nothing about it, how it behaves. We know it keeps our drinks cold. We can skate on it. Slip and fall attorneys love it. So let's think about it. Let's talk about the definition of ice as defined by Webster's and Oxford dictionaries is, and I'm going to quote this, Definition of ice. Ice. A noun. Means frozen water. Damn. (laughs) That's the actual definition, folks. Ice means frozen water. Water has three states of being, three forms, and ice is its solid form, of course. Water is one of the few things on this planet that actually expands when freezing. Most things contract and get smaller. Ice expands to a greater size than its liquid form. So when we're dealing with ice, we're dealing with a very unusual substance. So it's good to know a little about it. There are some things that affect how quickly water will freeze as well. It's not just a temperature game. Add some wind activity at the same freezing temperature and water will freeze faster. The depth of water plays a big role, too. How deep is your pond? A shallow pond is going to freeze faster than a deep pond. The thickness of ice can vary, too. It can affect how you handle certain circumstances in your pond. Ice that is three inches or more on your pond cannot be opened very easily. Ice two inches is pretty tough. One inches or less can be easily broken through. So let's use our our heads out there as well. Be safe. Don't walk on your frozen pond. If you must go on for some reason, the ice needs to be at least three inches thick to support a single person. So let's not be careless out there. Always practice pond keeping safety. And remember three inches at the very least in thickness is necessary to support an average person's weight. As ice gets thicker, It can be amazingly strong. On larger bodies of water, not our backyard ponds, ice thicknesses of three inches to five inches will allow us to easily walk on it. Eight inches of ice, and we can drive a pickup on it. Twelve to twenty inches, and we're talking about ice road truckers rolling across it. Thick ice is crazy strong, like cement. We'll get back to that later. So luckily, our koi ponds and water gardens will rarely have to worry about supporting 16-wheelers, and they're also not likely to ever freeze to the bottom or freeze solid due to the warming and insulating properties of the earth that is surrounding our ponds. 
which often will maintain an average temperature of about 50 degrees Fahrenheit year-round. So we are warming during the winter and cooling during the summer. Our ponds freezing solid is highly unlikely. Another thing we should know about is that when it covers our pond, it really does not come in much contact with the water. Many people think that ice sits or floats on water, but ice is typically suspended above the water with a pocket of air between the solid ice and the liquid water. And there are lots and lots of gaps in the ice around the edges of a frozen typical backyard koi pond or water garden. That icy covering is not an airtight seal. And that's actually a very important thing to know about your icy pond. So go ahead and note that. I will wait. In a cold November back in 1906, the Belle Isle Bridge in Detroit, Michigan, had a man in handcuffs standing on the side of the bridge, looking down into the frozen Detroit River. A crowd gathered behind the man who suddenly jumped into the river and plunged below the icy covering. Like any human, this man went into a reflexive shock response, gasping and hyperventilating, disoriented, his skin and body temperatures dropping, his heart pumping harder, blackout and fainting becoming very possible. Within minutes, death could occur. This guy did not want to die and immediately swam toward the surface only to come up against the ice. As survival and training kicked in, the man pressed his body against the ice. The man then moved his body along the ice, breathing from the pockets of air that existed in between the liquid and solid forms of water. Keeping him alive, long enough to get back to the break in the ice through which he plunged into the icy river. Until finally, his head broke above water back into the chilly November air. As the man was pulled out of the water onto the ice, the crowd of several thousand onlookers erupted into cheers and applause. Harry Houdini later recalled that after this event, one of his most famous escapes, he never heard the crowd as he was pulled from the river, handcuffs open and whisked away to warmth. If it was not for that pocket of air between the ice and water, Harry Houdini would not be the legend we know of today. He would have succumbed to hypothermia and likely death. It would have been a much different story, a story that would have never made it to this podcast. The pocket of air made all the difference for Houdini, and it makes a difference for our ponds too. That pocket of air is where all the gaseous exchange that keeps our ponds balanced out during those frozen overtimes of the year. 
Here's how we can make sure that zone of gaseous exchange operates at peak performance during the ice cover. <clears throat> Let's talk about how we can de-ice our ponds and some of the associated equipment. Any pond pro who's working with clients in areas that ponds freeze will very likely suggest you using a floating de-icer for the winter months. We use them here at Full Service Aquatics. We're based in New Jersey, where it can get brutally cold. I mean, we're having a great spell now, but man, this is stream, yo. The floating de-icer is probably the go-to piece of equipment. Floating disc de-icers. It's technology borrowed from the livestock industry. The same de-icers used for horse and cattle troughs are what we use for our ponds too. Some pond keepers usually use the actual horse trough de-icers, which are strong. But these days, there are many different floating de-icers that are on the market specifically for ponds. The trick, of course, is to install them before the pond freezes. They come in different powers, 1,200 watt, 600 watt, 300 watt, some with LED display. Other wattages are available too. Some of these de-icers are floating. Others are actually submerged. I've seen both types work very effectively. So it is really just a personal choice on how you want to approach it. Again, either option can be very effective. These units just plug in. There's no moving parts. Some do have LED lights that will show you when they are de-icing. I believe that most of these are heating up to 52 degrees. That's why they're not heaters. They do not heat the water. 52 is cold, man. That's not shower temperatures. But 52 is enough to keep an area of ice open to help that gaseous exchange take place. Try to install your de-icers near skimmer openings if possible. But most places really will do you pretty well. Another method of de-icing is submerged pumps. Submerged pumps can be used for de-icing. I will say it's not my favorite approach, but worthy of mentioning. A submerged pump shooting up towards the surface of the pond can usually create enough surface turbulence to keep an area of ice open. The pumps work. Uh, they de-ice, they degas but they circulate the pond a lot more than I like to see. And my feeling is that this can actually cool the temperature of the pond more than it would normally cool down to. We don't need to make our ponds colder. Mother Nature does that just fine on her own. I feel like the circulating of the pond can stress out the fish too. Not major stress, but unnecessary stress. I would liken it to having a drafty house during winter. Just makes it a little more likely to catch a cold. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So submerged pumps will do it, but there are aerators. Aeration is my favorite option for de-icing a pond, by far. They're fairly inexpensive to buy and to run. They're versatile, versatile enough for year-round use. They're easy to install, and with one unit, you can have multiple points of de-icing. Keep the diffusers off the bottom of the pond for de-icing. Try to keep them about a foot off the bottom of the pond, or maybe eight inches below the surface of the water, depending on the depth of your pond. Every pond's a little different, so how you set it up is going to be a little bit different. These are just general guidelines. 
de-icing with air, I think, is, is very effective at keeping an open hole, even at lower temps than when you're floating de-icer, might become frozen into the ice. Aerators provide passive circulation instead of the forceful, active circulation of a submerged pump. And aerators are super efficient at degassing your pond, too. So to me, the aerator is the best choice for de-icing your pond. All of this equipment can be easily found. If you need a suggestion on pond equipment for de-icing or any type, feel free to contact me. I will suggest for you the brands that I know will work for you. There's a lot of junk on the market. I'm happy to share my recommendations. Get in touch with me. I'll help you. I got your back. There's other ways to de-ice your ponds too. Heating systems. There are actual heaters for ponds. There are considerably more expensive than any of the aforementioned methods. Heaters can keep temperatures high enough during the winter months that normal care of your goldfish and koi is still necessary, like feeding them. <laughs> so pond, which is fine. Hey, you know, I got a, a buddy of mine. He's a, a pond keeper here in New Jersey as well. I still haven't had a chance to see his pond, but he heats his pond and puts a, a covering over it and probably enjoys it, feeds his fish all year long. You know, um, so it's a, certainly a way to go. But pond heaters are pricey to buy. They're pricey to install. They're pricey to run. I typically see heaters being used by high-end koi keepers, like my buddy, the koi kichi. They're out there, readily available, if you feel this is an option for you. Typical backyard, koi pond, water garden, heating system. I don't know. Stick with the de-icers. Um, if you find that you need to open your ice, maybe winter snuck up and froze things on you before you could prepare, bam, old man winter blows in. Happens a lot. If you need to open the ice on your pond, I have some suggestions what to do, what not to do. If you're attempting to physically or manually open a sheet of ice, it better be for the reason of dropping down some aeration or installing a de-icer. If you're trying to open your ice from freezing conditions simply to open the ice, you're wasting your time and energy, as well as stressing out your fish big time and yourself. Any uh, aquarium keepers listening out there? Hello? Hey, aquarium keepers. Remember the rule, do not tap on the glass? Yeah. Remember that rule? Remember those little signs posted all over the pet shops when we were kids? Do not tap the glass. If a bit of tapping stresses out fish that are in nice, warm water eating daily at their strongest, then imagine what pounding a hammer or a sledgehammer on the ice must be like for fish that are practically hibernating, haven't eaten weeks or months, and are at their weakest points. A sledgehammer being pounded on. Damn. No wonder fish can die from the shock of that. No wonder at all. Let's us pond keepers just be a tad bit more sophisticated than that, shall we? Let's discuss some ways to de-ice our ponds without it becoming a deadly proposition for our beautiful koi and goldfish. Let's have some grace. Bah! Grace. There's a few good ways to go about the task of de-icing our ponds, and a few bad ways as well. Most of the time, 
the pond keepers are attempting to force open the ice on their ponds is when the pond keepers are in a state of panic. They're probably panicking because they look out the window at their frozen pond and realize they never did anything ponds for the winter. And now it's freaking winter. First thing I want to tell you to do is to determine how thick the ice is. Remember when we're talking about ice thickness earlier, this becomes very important when manually opening a hole in the ice. Ice that's more than five inches thick can't be open with a sledgehammer. That's for sure. More than two inches thick, you probably can't get it open with a sledgehammer. Don't test me on that. But just let's just kind of go with that. If you can drive on a, tr- a truck on it, sledgehammer ain't going to do nothing. So get a sense of how thick the ice is. Then plan how you will open it. Hot water, painfully slow method, and the ice has to be on the thin side, and air temperatures can't be low. If it's windy, don't bother to try. Um, Hot water can work, but pick your battles when using this method because the conditions that this will work in are very limited. Um, Breaking open the ice is the most brutal and futile way to open the ice in your pond, but sometimes you got to do it. You need heavy tools because a handheld hammer won't do the job. Try a sledgehammer or an iron bar, but ice is amazingly strong and very difficult to break through. Ice more than two inches thick is like trying to break concrete. I'm not kidding. Once ice is broken, it won't take long for it to freeze over again. So again, if you're opening your ice, it needs to be for the installation of a better method of de-icing. Don't open your ice and hope for it to stay open. Ain't going to happen. When the ice is thick, it can still be done. Here's the trick. Here's what the pros do. Use a hole saw, a simple hole saw. You need a drill. You need a hole saw bit, which you can get at, you know, wherever, Home Depot, local hardware stores. Use a four-inch bit. That's my preferred size to use. A four-inch hole will give you the room to drop down diffusers from your air pump. A few four-inch holes made close to each other can be opened to allow for a floating de-icer to be installed. So hole saws are common pieces of equipment with pond professionals during winter months. And hey, if you're really stuck, reach out to your local pond pro. Get to know your local pond pro. Because these guys know how to do it, you know? And they can come in very handy if you're not in touch with your local pond pro. You really need to do that. If you need to find one, let me know. I'll hook you up. You know, all of this info I'm sharing with you is based on my years of experience working out in the field with ponds. Many, many, many winters, many, many ponds. I'm sharing with you what I have found works for me. So you don't have to try everything by trial and error like I did. Yes, I've tried melting holes in ice. Yes, I broke my back breaking open holes in ice, stressing out fish, stressing out myself, only to have the hole I finally made freeze over again an hour later. Not happy with that. Yes, I have broken through the ice and gotten nice and wet. I have broken through (laughs) and gotten nice and wet in sub-freezing weather. Wonderful. Yes. I've tried to allow de-icers. I have plugged them in and I have tried to let them melt their way through the ice. 
No go. I failed in all of those. So if I can save you that time and energy, possibly money, poorly spent, I would like to do that. So the info here is based on my opinion of what works, but always take time to get other points of view so you can decide what will work best for you. Right? So thanks for checking out the show. I hope you're better prepared for winter conditions now. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. And again, if you have any questions or want recommendations on equipment, I'm easy to get in touch with. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter. My website is fullserviceaquatics.com. My phone number is 908-277-6000. Easy to remember. Reach out. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to spend this little bit of time with you as well. You can find more Pond Hunter on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, and of course, on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Say, leave me a comment, a review, or a rating, would you? And we'll see you next time on the Pond Hunter Radio broadcast. Take care, everybody. Keep warm, keep a pondy, and share your lifestyle, your pond-keeping lifestyle, with everyone you can. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. That's right, everybody. Keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. Y'all take good care of yourselves, and I mean it. Share your pond-keeping lifestyle with those that you love. This is a wonderful thing that we have in our lives, and uh, I'm happy to share it with you. We will see you next time. Take care, y'all. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.